It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 122, King Solomon and the Book of Proverbs. Proverbs 1-7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Solomon was gifted with wisdom by God to be the wisest king who ever lived as a consequence of his incredible request and encounter with God. His brilliance was way beyond our understanding of genius today, and we have the treasury of the book of Proverbs to get a glimpse of his insights. Personally, I believe the first 20 to 30 years of Solomon's reign were his best. There's probably no real argument with this statement, but I get to feel his early years were his best, at least with his heart. His complete humility at the beginning of his reign, his prayer at the Temple Mount was incredible, and his visitations by God are awesome. Here we are at Solomon's 11th year as king. The temple is done, and he has started the work on his palace, which will take 13 more years. There will be the building up of Jerusalem and of its walls and fortifications. There will be a palace for the princess of Egypt, a palace in the forest of Lebanon, and many other projects. But right now, Solomon is transitioning to the construction of his palace, which is his project, the architecture and design, not his father's project, which was the temple. My take is that during the construction of the temple and the palace is Solomon's greatest time. The time when he was learning about his gift of wisdom and walking in the strong level of purity with God. The problems with women are long in the future, and the last thing he considers is falling away from God and his kingdom. I get the take this is where, without his elaborate palace and harem, yes, he will have an elaborate harem, where he gets many of his proverbs. 24 years without his custom-built palace, and without the extreme luxuries and huge harem to distract him, is when he really finds God and came to understand him, his ways, and his wisdom. I picture Solomon actually working into part of his busy work week, time to journal his thoughts and ways, and to test out these ideas that he has, these thoughts he has, what come to be known as the Proverbs. Maybe he originally saw Proverbs as his personal journal that he was working through, like a Bible study of sorts that later turned into a training manual and later Christian or biblical foundation and truths to become the wisdom book of the Bible called Proverbs. Just consider the possibilities and let's take one of these verses. In fact, let's take the most popular of them. Who knows how Solomon came up with it? Maybe he received it in one of his times with the Lord. And maybe he woke up in the morning with this line in his head. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Maybe he chewed on the words for days and made sure he would never forget them. Because we know that not all of Solomon's works are in the Bible. And many of his Proverbs didn't make the book of Proverbs. And like most artists, there was work that didn't survive their lives. We must consider the book of Proverbs his collection of the best of Solomon's Proverbs, because 1 Kings 4.32 
It says he spoke 3,000 proverbs and 1,005 songs. However, you count the book of Proverbs and the number of Proverbs within the book of Proverbs, there's probably between 300 to 1,000 Proverbs. Each of them is rich with spiritual and even physical meaning, and the one we just read was just one of them. In the case of Proverbs, it's astounding to consider Solomon had a personal story behind every one of the Proverbs, and each of them came experientially with God. To consider this fact that each proverb had a personal story behind it is truly breathtaking. It's astounding what Solomon experienced in God. Because every verse and every proverb is the inspired word of God. The sheer volume of God's word flowing from his lips must have been overwhelming. Say there's officially 300 proverbs in the book of Proverbs. That's 300 encounters or experiences with God. So here's some generals regarding the book of Proverbs, and I pull this from the Life Application Study Bible. The purpose of the book of Proverbs is to teach people how to attain wisdom and discipline in a prudent life, how to do what is right and just and fair. Short, to apply divine wisdom to daily life and to approve moral instruction. Solomon wrote most of the Proverbs, and there's two mysterious other authors at the end of the book. The book uses varied literary forms, poems, brief parables, pointed questions, and other means. Other literary devices include antithesis, comparison, and personification. A proverb is a short, concise sentence that conveys moral truth. The book of Proverbs is a collection of these wise statements. The main theme of the book of Proverbs, as we might expect, is the nature of wisdom. Solomon writes, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. He then proceeds to give hundreds of practical examples of how to live life according to godly wisdom. Proverbs covers a wide range of topics including youth and discipline, family life, self-control, resisting temptation, business matters, words, and the tongue knowing God, marriage, seeking the truth, wealth and poverty, immortality, and of course, wisdom. The Proverbs can be considered short poems containing a holy mixture of common sense and timely warnings. Although they are not meant to teach doctrine, a person who follows their advice will walk closely with God. The word proverb comes from a Hebrew word that means to rule or govern. And these sayings, reminders, and admonitions provide profound advice for governing our lives. As you read Proverbs, understand that knowing God is the key to wisdom. Listen to the truths and lessons from the world's wisest man and apply these truths to your life. Don't just read these Proverbs. Act on them. So that's from the Life Application Study Bible. So what do we do with Proverbs, right? I mean, what do you do with it? These short little nuggets of wisdom. When I consider a trial I'm going through, I need to connect with a verse. Well, Psalms is easy because David has already went through the fire, and he wrote his heart and the conclusion of the matter, and it's easy to find a psalm to connect with because David expressed the emotion of the moment in the Psalms. In the case of life's decisions and character, Proverbs is the go-to book in the Old Testament. We'll end the episode with many testimonies of what a person can do with Proverbs. Sometimes personal applications are the best way to understand what to do with something so deep as the book of Proverbs. 
So getting into what we call the book of Proverbs, I've got to start with Proverbs 8. And we'll consider this our sampler because we get the personification of wisdom. And here we get a picture of this concept or person, however you want to look at it, of wisdom. And also, as I get into this, don't fail to notice the feminine pronouns, the use of she and her in reference to wisdom. Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries out, To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. For my lips detest wickedness. All the words in my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. By me kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. So I stop here for fun because, you know, it said by wisdom, kings reign. Message to kings, you know, kings reign. Yeah. All right. The account continues. Proverbs eight sixteen. By me princes govern and nobles all who rule on earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasures full. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago, at the beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there was no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world and its fields and any of the dust on the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the foundations of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world, and delighting in mankind. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. So we just read all of Proverbs 8. This was a taste of Proverbs. There's so much to cover. You'll just have to read more of it for yourself. But just for fun, in the summary of chapter 8, wisdom calls out the people at the city gate. What a deep 
thought that wisdom is at the gates of the city. One should always choose wisdom over gold and silver. But in fact, wealth is actually in the hand of wisdom. Think about that for a while. Here's another one. The Lord brought forth wisdom as the first of his works. Chew on that. To conclude this episode of Message to Kings, we try to answer the question, what do you do with Proverbs? We know Solomon was smarter than Einstein, and he was the ruler of a nation in its literal golden age, and he possessed resources way beyond the richest of the richest today. Solomon tried to write down his wisdom in Proverbs. So what do we do with these Proverbs? First, we start with the inherent blessings of the books of the Bible. Each book of the Bible covers many aspects of God and his interaction with his people, and we can learn his character in the reading and study of the Bible. There's an inherent blessing based upon books and the content for each reader. The book of Proverbs is the wisdom book of the Bible. If you want to have a greater wisdom, in fact, if you want a higher IQ, study Proverbs. If you want to be more intelligent, study Proverbs. It's the blessing of the book. Each book has many blessings, but Proverbs teaches wisdom to the hungry. We have a common message we give to students. Basically, it goes like this. God has the answer to every question. He has the answer to every test question. If you get stumped in test on a test at school or just live, who has the answer? The person next to you? Not necessarily. God has the answer. In fact, life is an open book test, and the answers are all in the Bible. God knows everything. We must study and learn, but why not study and learn about the one who created it all and have relationship with the one who knows everything? Repeatedly, the gospel invites us to seek God and ask for wisdom. It's all over the Bible. It's not even close to hidden in Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. Ask, seek, and knock. The book of James is considered the Proverbs of the New Testament. James declares we should all ask for wisdom and to be specific. So back to the message to students. We should pray for wisdom in whatever God calls us into, so that God can be our teacher and we can understand His trade for us through His eyes and understanding and have His wisdom. Beyond this is the awesomeness of Paul's Ephesians prayer, that we be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. That's just incredible, that we are invited to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. So I'm going to discuss five proverbs and their personal testimonies to me. And we tell these stories to be encouragement to you, to have your own testimonies. For when a scripture is alive and confirmed to you, it becomes part of your character and your identity. In my case, I find many of these are business related. So forgive me for that, but they can apply to almost every area of your life. We start with the most popular, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I remember reading this verse many times, but not having a personal testimony of it. But about eight years ago, I remember we were having a really bad season at work, and one of my friends quit our job. But he left out of anger and frustration, blaming everyone for what he called his mistreatment. 
Yet I could tell he took his mistreatment as a personal issue and failed to forgive people who heard him. In summary, he left in anger and bitterness and in the wrong spirit determined to strike out on his own in business. I considered leaving my job as well because things just really weren't the best at that time. But instead, I found myself standing on a scripture that was Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. A few years later, before seeing my friend again, I was standing outside on the street before going into a business that he started. And out of nowhere, I recalled Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I proceeded to visit with my friend and found him still angry and bitter at the events that transpired a few years prior. In his haste and anger, without praying to God, he left and did his own thing, started his own business, which is not bad, but it was not God's plan for him. Today he doesn't own this business, and to me he is a picture of a man who made his plans in his own heart, not in the heart of God's, and unfortunately, I can still see the bitterness in his eyes today. So that's just one story. Here's another one from for the everyday emotions. I woke up only a, a week ago. I wanted to still be asleep, and I was mulling over a decision that we had made possibly wrong and found myself not in joy. In fact, I was pretty down trying to figure things out. I needed God's reassurance and joy. So I opened up the Bible, turned to Proverbs, and I went to Proverbs 15, and I read until I reached this verse, Proverbs 15:30. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. This was what I was looking for. I read it again and again and said it out loud in a happy tone. Next, I asked my daughters to give me a cheerful look, and I found my heart was glad again. Sounds goofy, but it got me out of a funk. I mean, in fact, I found I was the one giving away cheerful looks after this, and the rest of the day, I found myself saying to myself, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart. All right, another verse. Proverbs sixteen eighteen, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. In summary, most people say pride comes before a fall. This is pretty much evil 101. We teach it in homeschool, not evil, but the simple verse, pride goes before a fall. And I've seen it all over, and even in my own personal life, that pride comes before a fall. We must be watchful of pride, for a prideful man doesn't walk with God. He doesn't need God. In fact, he is his own God. A prideful child, employee, or servant doesn't respect or honor his master. If we are worshiping Father God, how do we do it with the pride that keeps us from serving Him completely? It's something to see this verse in action. And you can't help but notice it in reality TV shows like Amazing Race or other shows like that. The prideful rarely seem to win. In fact, they find themselves in the back of the pack, and I absolutely love it when our children notice it in others. And they quietly whisper to us, Pride comes before our fall. All right, we arrive at Proverbs 16.3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. About 12 years ago, I was encouraged to be part of a business venture, but there was a large potential risk of violating company confidentiality rules and breaking trust with the company that employed me. 
I was in a strange place where my boss was wanting to start his own thing, and he was dragging me into it. But he was going about it extremely open and unprofessional, and I was a part of his plan, though I never agreed to go along with it. I prayed about it and considered the strangeness of my position. My conclusion was to pray Proverbs 16.3, that I commit to the Lord whatever I did, and he'll establish my plans. In this case, the motives and the spirit of my boss were bitterness combined with greed. In the end, this boss of mine was fired, and I found myself having great favor because the company respected me and felt awkward for the place that I was previously placed in. Instead of being canned, I found myself blessed. Now I have this verse, that God will bless the plans of a pure heart. Janelle has walked into this verse too, and she prefers the New Living Translation better. Proverbs 16.3 Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. Janelle dug into the Hebrew and found the words committing your action to the Lord implies the Hebrew word galah, which means to roll off. To roll off your actions to God is a form of surrender, and this surrender to God can only lead to success. Now we've covered four significant Proverbs. I encourage you to find the Proverbs that are alive to you. Let the Holy Spirit take you on an experiential journey to know and understand, and to have a life application and experience of His Word. If you need further assistance, just read Proverbs until something, anything, leaps out to you. Write it on a note card, memorize it, pray about it, and see how God takes you on a journey and explains to you or experientially makes it part of your Christian walk and character and journey in walking with God. And the fifth verse from the book of Proverbs that's alive to me should be no surprise and doesn't require any explanation at this point. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, messagetokings.com, share the Facebook page, or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.